Welcome to episode 45 of You Are Not A Frog, Rest The Final Frontier. Welcome to You Are Not A Frog, the podcast for GPs, doctors and other busy professionals in high stress jobs. Even before the coronavirus crisis, many of us were feeling stressed and one crisis away from not coping. We felt like frogs in boiling water, overwhelmed and exhausted. But this has crept up on us slowly, so we hardly noticed the extra long days becoming the norm. And let's face it, frogs generally only have two choices. Stay and be boiled alive or jump out of the pan and leave. But you are not a frog. And that's where this podcast comes in. You have many more options than you think you do. It is possible to be master of your own destiny and to craft your life so that you can thrive even in the most difficult of circumstances. I'm your host, Dr. Rachel Morris, GP, turned executive coach and specialist in resilience at work. I work with doctors and other organisations all over the country to help professionals and their teams beat stress and take control of their work. I'll be talking to friends, colleagues and experts, all who have an interesting take on this, so that together we can take back control to survive and thrive in our work and lives. This week on You Are Not A Frog, we're taking a deep dive into rest. This is something I've been thinking a lot about recently. I think during the COVID crisis, a lot of us have felt maybe guilty about taking time off or have felt that what's the point in taking any time off because we can't do the things that we would really, really like to do. And many of us have had our holidays cancelled or altered drastically. And so many of us are just being tempted to work harder and harder and longer and longer. And we may have only taken a couple of days off since the beginning of the crisis. Now, I'm a great believer in that things come to you when you need them. And I keep hearing on various podcasts and reading books about the importance of rest for our souls, for our brains, for our families, for everything, really. And rest is really important. Not only does it help you recharge your battery, but it also helps you with creativity and productivity. So, Over the summer, I have been asking some friends of mine, some coaches, some trainers, some facilitators, some experts in well-being to share with me their top hacks for the summer holidays, how to survive the summer in sort of lockdown and how to get the rest that we need so that we're replenished and ready to go in September because I think the autumn is going to be massively pressurised. Things are still going to be very different. We're going to have to cope with different ways of working. And of course, we have the possibility of a second wave of coronavirus with all the extra stress and busyness that that will bring. So this week on the podcast, I invited fellow Shapes coach and facilitator and wellbeing expert Sheila Hobden to join me and talk about some of the hacks that she has shared around rest, around surviving the summer holiday. So I hope you enjoy this episode. Just before we go into this episode, I'm just letting you know that I'm taking August off. So there won't be any podcasts in August and we'll be back on the 1st of September. So you might want to take this opportunity to listen to some of the past episodes of You Are Not A Frog. So I'm going to practice what I preach and take some time off over the summer to reflect and read. And I look forward to reconnecting with you all in September. So here's the episode. It's really great to have with me on the podcast today, Sheila Hobbs. And now Sheila is a professional certified coach and she specializes in well-being. And the key part of her job is really helping doctors take their own well-being as seriously as their patients' well-being. I think that's a brilliant strapline, Sheila. (laughs) Have you found that doctors do that or not? 
Yes, so they're learning too. And I think it's much easier to look at well-being if you think you're looking after someone else than it is to help yourself. So we're, we're actually, we're quite good at dishing out the advice, but sometimes we forget to follow it ourselves. So it's about helping people to find ways to do it for themselves as well. Yeah, for sure. And how did you get into helping sort of doctors and professionals? So I'll try and cut the story as short as I can. Uh, essentially, I was working in the corporate world. Um, I was working for Craft Foods bought out Cadbury and essentially through a, a series of events, ended up burning myself out and that resulted in a bit of time out of the workplace. And when I got myself fixed back up and running, I realised it wasn't really what I wanted to do anymore. Quit my job one day, no plan B, got a coach and found it such a transformational process that I thought I want to help people not get into the situation that I got into. And I thought coaching was a great way to do that. So then I set about learning about well-being and resilience and I've got some qualifications in that area as well as so a practitioner using the RAW tool. And through a series of connections, started doing some work with Wessex LMC and started delivering their training for them for well-being and resilience for doctors. And that meant that people were coming to me on a one-to-one on the back of those sessions. And I found that it's a group of people that I'm really passionate about working with because they're so passionate about helping other people. And it felt like someone needed to press a pause button for them and say, well, hold on a minute, what about you? Mm. <laughs> and so really sort of thriving in that work. And it's just great seeing people find ways to look after themselves so that they can really enjoy the work that they dreamt about doing as all those years of study went by. So I think that's, yeah, yeah. Hopefully that's a short <laughs> summary. <laughs> I think it is interesting with doctors and other professionals who are in high stress jobs, they sort of understand the theory and they sort of think that it definitely applies to other people, but but not particularly them because they are maybe got extra resilience or they've got extra capacity and they can keep going and going and going. And I, it's interesting. I think it's a, a very historical thing, you know, the, the way that we do our training, the way we, you know, I remember working 120 hours a week and, you know, lawyers, it's, you know, you know how many hours they spend at work and pushing through the night and just got to get that deal so it's, it's quite a, a fixed mindset that actually we can be superhuman and nothing really affects us but as we know that's a complete uh, fallacy yeah. and yeah absolutely There's and how that. can you look after your patients well if you are on the edge of burnout yourself yeah. And there's always that thing of mm. I'll stop when I've done this or I've done that. And, and I have that as well with when I get this qualification, it'll be OK. When I get that certification, it'll be OK. When I win that client, it'll be OK. And or and then equally, I'll take a break when this happens or when that happens. And it just that point never arrives. You never feel satisfied that you've got to where you want to be. And also in terms of when people are feeling like oh, I might need some sort of break. The philosophy is, well, I won't do it until I'm completely on my knees, but actually that's too late. And so there's something, a step before that in recognising, actually, if I take some time out now, I'll take less time out than if I wait till I really, really am crippled by all of this. Because I know that the earlier people take time out, the less time they will take. And I think I was on the cusp myself because... I had about six weeks out and apparently that's the kind of cutoff point between if you get back into work after the sort of six weeks, you're more likely to survive and thrive. And when it's longer periods than that, it's so much harder to get back in um, on the other side. Right. 
I think it's really interesting this thing about taking time out and I will rest when I will rest when and I know that we've got lots of trainees that listen to this podcast and maybe some of them are thinking I will rest when I've done my exams I, I will rest when I finish this rotation or lawyers lawyers I know I will rest when I've done this deal and I've just got another one that the problem is you get to the end of one thing and the next thing is there already you don't, you know, I, I guess I'm guilty of that myself. I will rest once I've prepared this course or that course or done that. But the next one is already on the horizon. So mm. unless we start to build in regular times where we can rest even within the busyness and even within the, the yeah. stress of our lives, it's going to be really difficult, isn't it? Yeah. And I've got, so we've spoken before about this. I've got an analogy that I've built up. So I, I ran a little program called the MOT for you. And, and it's all built around the parts of a car and how they represent what we need to do. So if we look after ourselves as much as we looked after our cars, we'd actually be okay. And the item of the car for the rest is if we imagine that the car is an electric car and it's got an electric charging cable, you charge the car up and it will run, I think for about eight hours and and then it needs to be recharged because it, it just, it physically won't move anywhere. So if you imagine that you are an electric car and thinking about, when you need to top yourself up and it doesn't have to be anything big so it can be one minute five minutes of something each hour to give yourself a recharge there's a little philosophy around the five m's so uh, movement mindfulness or meditation mastery so learning something new then what else have i missed movement mindful meditation mastery and the other one is mwahaha which is something funny (laughs) so look at something funny on youtube twitter just have a little bit of a laugh because it just sends some like positive vibes through the body get some dopamine into the brain and actually we once we're in that funny place funny ha-ha place (laughs) we start to see things more positively and we're more creative we learn better so actually if you know we started out talking about trainees if you can take a minute out to do something funny you're probably going to take more knowledge in when you go back to that work I like the analogy of sort of our bodies being like a machine that breaks down. We, we do a lot of cycling through in Cambridge and I've got a bike that I probably get a service once every six months. And it, it really does need a service by the time it gets to six months. And I don't actually think that's enough. I have a friend who who's really good every Saturday. He services all their bikes. He's sort of putting oil on wow. them. He's sorting them out. And then there's looking at my bike thinking, actually, if I'd just taken a this and oiled it every every week and just looked after it It would not be in the state that it gets to in six months and no amount of servicing at six months is going to get it back to the state that it would have been if I had serviced it every single week Mm. and I think that sometimes we think of rest as this thing that you can make up so if I have a rest once every six months for two whole weeks that'll be me done that'll be me recharged but actually you're gonna it doesn't really work like that it's it's like sleep you can't really get you can't really repay your sleep debt by having a one massive line at the weekend if you're only getting three hours of sleep during the week you've got to do it you've got to do it regularly Uh, would you agree with that about rest yeah I mean I think before you mentioned sleep I was about to say it is the same for sleep you can't it's it's not something you can bank and you know another example is your mobile phone as soon as the battery starts to dip on that, we stop everything and run around to try and find a charger because we couldn't possibly have our phone without battery. Uh, and why, are we different? why do we go and go and go until we can't go anymore? And so you could charge your phone up to 100%, but it's it's only got a finite 
capacity that it will last for and we are the same yeah, um, yeah. our brains need need a rest it's a physical body rest but also the brain rest and rest doesn't always mean doing nothing it's changing what the brain's doing that will give it a rest from whatever it was working on which is why that you know the, the movement works so it's just changing the, the physical things that the body's doing yeah Yes, I was reading about the need for our brains to go from focus mode into diffuse mode. And I teach about that when I'm teaching about, you know, taking these these five minute breaks. So, so I was preparing a, a talk today and I was very focused, getting the slides, making sure, it, you know, I had it prepared. And then what they say is sort of every sort of half an hour, you need to just take a break, do something completely different. They suggest play Tetris or <laughs> look out the window, go for a quick two minute walk or do something that doesn't require focus, which helps your brain go into diffuse mode. And when your brain is in diffuse mode, you just become so much more creative and you actually start to solve some of the problems that you were working on while you were working on that presentation or whatever. So it's it's really, really important. I think by not taking breaks, short breaks during our day, but then not resting, we mm. deny ourselves the problem solving ability, the, the ability to be more creative. So it's, I think this thing about rest, you know, I've been thinking about this a lot recently. So there's probably going to be lots of podcast episodes <laughs> on rest because all these books are coming to me and I'm reading, you know, I've, I've realized it's quite an issue in my life. But I've sort of realized that, you know, you've, this thing about rest increasing productivity, it is a real thing. It's not just about well-being. Yeah. It's not just about feeling happy and having a nice life. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's funny because I am a bit of a magpie with things. So I see different things that I'm interested in and I and I want to try that and I want to try that and I collect it all together. And I was starting to think last week, actually, I've got I've signed up for too many things and I'm thinking that they are kind of rests and, and breaks. But actually, it's all mostly it's absorption of knowledge. So I sort of had a bit of a clear out and thought right let's just settle on the, the key things that I want to do and that had led to me thinking so you were saying sometimes when when we did go into that diffuse mode we that's when the sort of creativity comes and my creativity comes when I go for a walk or I, I jump on my bike and I'd started to think oh actually I wonder whether I should actually plan that as a work activity that I have to go and walk and I have to think and come up with these ideas and I'm still the jury's kind of still out a little bit in terms of if you're meant to be walking for a rest, then you shouldn't be forcing yourself to come up with ideas whilst you're walking. So I think there's something in just in giving the brain the chance to relax while you're doing those things. And if a byproduct is creativity, brilliant. But um, I'm, I definitely mustn't force myself down that road. It's really, I, I say this quite a lot, there's no magic pill to well-being. There's there's your way. There's, there's no right way. It's your way, and it's what fits into to your world and to your context. So I work with a lot of people, and they'll say, um, "I just really, really don't like exercise, but I know all the research says that it's really good for me." And then when you drill down to, well, what actually is your definition of exercise? Oh, well, I should probably go to the gym for an hour three times a week. Mm-hmm. And then when we actually do a bit more exploration around well what would you actually enjoy that's just going to move your body then we get into things like well I really like walking along the beach so okay we'll take take a walk along the beach because 
putting yourself in a situation that you really not enjoy is going to create as much pain in your brain that it's going to override the physical benefits of doing that exercise So do something that's going to give your brain and your body something that it wants and then that applies for everything so what your definition of rest is do what that is for you not what someone else is kind of telling you to do by all means gather lots of ideas from different people but the best idea is going to be coming from in <laughs> inside you because you are the person that knows you best yeah and I, I love that concept that you brought up Sheila of having of looking at rest as part of your work now I know I know what you don't want to do is become legalistic and feel forced to do it but I was talking to someone recently who said that every week badges in a couple of hours of thinking time where mm. she sort of thinks things through I said oh that sounds great what, where do you do it should I do it in the sauna I was like that sounds brilliant right as <laughs> soon as lockdown finishes I'm joining <laughs> a place with a sauna and a steam room I love it and it, you know you sort of completely chill out but actually you start to do some some deep work and if we can badge that you know for maybe some high che- high achievers out there if that's what it takes you get you resting to badge it as helping mm. your work then that's really really important and I think a lot of people are slightly allergic to rest because they think it means just doing nothing and sitting mm. around doing nothing and what I've learned about myself recently I hate sitting around doing nothing I find it really I, I love sitting around reading a book but for me that's not doing nothing but I was listening to another great podcast at Rungan Chatterjee's fantastic podcast mm. um, with Alex Pang who's written a lot of books about rest that's a very dangerous podcast I listen to it and I buy I always buy the books yeah. I've got these, like, millions of books waiting to be read but I don't think you're alone there (laughs) yeah Alex Payne talks about this concept of deep play which is part of rest so really getting into a hobby or learning a skill or something that will help you rest but actually you are active doing it and he talks about it could be you know painting or you know it could be golf or it could be you know it doesn't have to be active it could be creating things or playing music or something like that and I've you know I took that seriously I, so I literally just joined a tennis club and had a lesson yesterday and I, I've absolutely loved it because mm, yeah, genuinely yeah. when you're playing and trying to learn how to not whack the ball straight into the net you're not focused on other stuff but it's quite refreshing it's an hour and you're outside so I think you know this really thinking about not just having a hobby that's going to take you away from work, but having a hobby that will will get you into that creative, relaxed zone. I guess I guess it's getting you into flow, isn't it? And that's a, yeah. the flow is the, the place that we should all be aiming at, according to Six Sail. No, Mihaly Six Sail. Mihaly, I think is, is the way you pronounce your name. And he was the chap that talked about flow, talks about the importance of flow and the fact that we all need to be in a state where time stands still, where we're really engrossed in our activities. Mm. And, you know, we... We're just in this amazing state. It's very good for us. Have you experienced flow? Yeah, and I, I, I can't pronounce his name either. I just say, you know, the guy whose name begins with M. M it's Mihail, six and Mihail, <laughs> I think his name is. I yeah. did try to learn it one. And yes, so, and I think the most recent example was some friends bought me a pottery throwing experience. And I'd never done anything on the potter's wheel before. Right. And the thing that really stood out for me was that she said, you have to get yourself in a position where your elbows are on your thighs so that you can feel the clay through your body. Now, I'm really up here person. Everything goes on up here. And I, it's not, I find it really difficult to read messages and signals from my body. So I'm doing a lot. But that really stood out for me because I really I had to come out of my head and really feel what was going on with that clay. And I really did get into that state of flow. And you know it's happened because 
when you finish doing whatever it is, you stand and you go, oh, what just happened? Because it feels like you've just gone into this bubble. And funny enough, talking about hobbies, I was listening to a podcast this morning. It, this is a, a good one. Michael Bungay-Stanley, I think I've mentioned to you. So it's called mm-hmm. We Will Get Through This. And it's specifically around how we'll get through the current pandemic. And he was talking to a chap. I will have to follow up with the name because it was Neil somebody. He was talking about taking up a weird hobby that was really, really different. And he had a couple that he taught. One was, I think, glass blowing but the other was learn to do balloon animals at children's parties <laughs> and I thought yeah that is definitely weird and that's going to take you into a different zone yeah. of your brain particularly if you are normally operating on patients or normally dishing out medication and then at the weekend you've blown up balloons I thought that was quite a cool way to you know get really a way get you a real change for your mind gosh possibly yeah Balloons, pottery. I tried a pottery course last year and I must say I really loved it. I really loved it. But it just was at the wrong time and it took up too much of my time. So it actually made me, made me quite stressed that I was yeah. losing two hours out of my day when I needed to be doing other things. So there's this, there's this balance about knowing we've got to carve out time for this, but actually doing it at a time that, that suits you, that you know you're going to rest. And I think this goes back to what times of the day are you at your best and actually this is just coming to me why this pottery class didn't suit because I was doing it in the morning and actually for me the first couple of hours in the morning are really valuable time when I'm at my most productive and creative that's where I need to be sitting down creating content writing content doing you know doing all the products and creating the teaching and all of that Actually, I'd have been better probably doing pottery in the evening when I'm probably just going to be sat in front of the telly or or not, you know, not doing anything where I need really deep concentration. So I think taking control over when and where you do these hobbies and you do your rest and and scheduling it in. I I hate to say this whole thing about scheduling because I'm a Myers-Briggs P. I I hate schedules and things like that. But (laughs) unless you do, unless you do, it just never happens. Are you constantly stressed and thinking about work? Does your laptop come with you on holiday? Your to-do list have permanent residence in your brain and your worry about how to handle the latest crisis wake you up in the small hours? Then it's time to get your life back and that's exactly what our brand new online course will help you do. It's a 60-minute reset for healthcare professionals to shift your mindset so you can set boundaries and limits around your work without the endless guilt that you've not done enough. It's just £27 and you can get instant access now when you go to shapestoolkit.com slash get your life back. Yeah, and the thing about the, the scheduling is the brain absolutely loves it. It just loves a bit of routine because it knows what to do and it knows what's going to happen. So it just gets straight on with it. So if there's something that you find difficult to do, get into a routine and then the brain doesn't mind doing it. So you've actually kind of tricked it almost whilst it wasn't watching. I was, I mean, talk about the chimp paradox and it's the chimp in there going, I don't want to do this. But actually once the chimp knows what he's got to do and he's managed and he's, he's given his instructions, he's like, right, okay, I know what to do now. That's what I'll do. Yeah. It's a bit like kids and music lessons. (laughs) I don't want (laughs) to do my practice. Well, you're doing it. It's, there's no choice. (laughs) All right. Okay. I'm just going to get on with it. Whereas you suddenly sprung something on them. They'd be like, no way I'm not doing that. Yeah. And I mean, we could go uh, off a complete tangent, but I'm I'm reading Mark 
brackets permission to feel at the moment okay and he's talking about really understanding our feelings and getting that layer beneath and so it was just you saying about the children saying I don't want to it's he talks about understanding okay so what is it that is making you not want to do that so that you get to the next layer and it could be anything from well actually I wanted to watch tv or I wanted some attention actually I didn't I don't want to go off and do that thing on my own I want to talk about something bad that's happened so getting underneath the what is it that where's that feeling coming from about not wanting to do something and that can tell you some answers about if you're thinking about not wanting to rest or what is it what is it you're wanting to do instead and what is it you think you're going to gain from not taking the rest and, and just going that next layer down that's interesting because feelings show what your underlying needs are don't they mm. and yeah. I think definitely when I felt like I can't just do nothing I can't sit and read a book probably underlying need was I need to be getting on with some work because I'm feeling a little bit overwhelmed by what I've got to do and so that tells you something about your your work if you find it really hard to rest but I I think there's another thing about rest using the car analogy now we're often going at 100 miles an hour and then we expect just to rest that's it right I'm resting now yeah just takes a while to to slow down and my dad's a, a GP and we used to go on holiday and we, he used to sort of save up all his holiday we used to go away for three weeks in the summer in a caravan to the middle of Wales in a field where there was no no one else <laughs> and he just I think for the first week he'd just sleep he was absolutely knackered and after about eight nine ten days he'd sort of start to merge and you know and yeah. I think that is a very common thing I hear that people don't start to enjoy their sort of longer breaks if they've been going 100 miles an hour till about six, seven, eight days in because it's just really hard to switch off and turn the adrenaline yeah. down. Yeah, because it's almost like, so you're driving along a motorway at 100 miles an hour and then you almost do an emergency stop and a handbrake turn. And if you're sat in the middle of a motorway having done an emergency stop and a handbrake turn, you are going to be a bit dazed. <laughs> that is slightly and, Yeah, and, and it's going to take you a while to sort of, forget all of the events that led up to the emergency stop and get rid of all the things that you, you're kind of driving so fast that those things are now kind of, ca- you've just suddenly stopped and all the other cars that you just went past are now whizzing past you and they're all the thoughts that are still going because you, you know, you, you've still got all that work stuff in your mind. Mm, yeah. Interesting. Yeah. So Sheila, the reason I wanted you on the podcast was <laughs> to talk about all of this, but because we've got summer coming up, she said, looking yes. out the window as it's raining, it's the middle of July and this summer's not going to be quite the same as other summers. And we, we're still trying to decide whether we should go on the summer holiday we've booked or mm. not. Um, and we just thought it would be really good, first of all, to think about, to think about rest. I think rest is really important. I think that in, in lockdown, People have got very funny attitudes to rest, actually, because because many people are at home anyway. They're feeling, well, why do I need to have some time off or rest because I've just been at home? But the reality is they've been working really hard, even if they've been at home, because it's not normal. They might be homeschooling the children or just being on Zoom calls the whole time with, with things. And even if they are frontline workers... They may have had to do in consulting, it may be from home, quite a lot of people as well. And so it's just all a bit weird. So work has been weird and different. And so people think, well, should I be taking time off? Shouldn't I? You might feel a bit guilty about doing it. Plus, when we take time off, 
what can we actually do? What is going to revive and refresh us? Because a lot of us rely on sort of going somewhere lovely, hot and sunny and being able to spend two weeks flat on our backs next to a pool, perhaps, or or walking or whatever. We might not have those options this year. So I know that what I've done is sort of reached out to a lot of my coaching colleagues, my sort of well-being friends and said, what are your top five tips for summer holiday rest? So Sheila, what were your, what were some of your top five tips for surviving the summer and actually properly resting? Yeah. So the first one I'd got was to, yes, to definitely take some time out. We've been talking for this whole session about rest. It's really important. I think one of the things I was thinking about is if you've been working from home to actually make sure you went out to clear the physical space. So put everything away to do with work. So say you're going to take a week off, but you're just going to stay at home. Put, make sure everything is put away and it's out of sight and you've kind of reclaimed that space because that physical space will tell the brain, right, OK, we're not thinking about work now. And simple things like making sure you set a voicemail to say, I'm not at work. Actually, this is the person to contact if you need somebody to make sure that you're not going to be sort of taken back into the work mode um, out of office yeah. just a quick simple email to tell people that you're not there either maybe there's a few people you need to tell in advance so that you can just make sure that people know that you're not to be contacted and I think that people are recognizing the need for time out and so it's likely that if you tell someone we do that, they will listen because they'll want to make sure that the same happens for them when their time comes around. So I think the time out is um, really important as um, we've been talking about the rest, but as this is an extended period of rest. And something that's just come to me actually when we were talking about those sort of short rest breaks, there's an app called Insight Timer, which has got short meditations and mindful talks. It's completely free. There is an upgrade, but I don't honestly think you need it. And you can do anything on there from a minute to three hours. So I think it's a useful resource for rest and recharge. So that was my first tip, time out. Right. Yep. Um, the second one was to go tourist. So even if you're staying at home, go be a tourist in your own town. Look at it from fresh eyes. So one of the most resilient things that we can do is see things from a different perspective so if I'm speaking to people who are actually still at work I'll say when you go home tonight drive a different way or walk a different way because you have to focus on different things so you see different things and then that helps your brain switch off from what it's been doing in the day and because it's seeing those different things it sees different opportunities and, and possibilities and so I think to do something touristy in your own area and then not have that whole long journey to get home again because you're already home, <laughs> it will make quite a difference. And you can you can do it on a day-to-day -day basis and if you're having a, a full week out as a break. So that's my second tip. The third tip was catch some rays. Now, yeah, today is not looking too spectacular. I put, I put on my favourite summer shirt anyway, because I thought I'll bring try and bring some sunshine. So catch some rays. We are in the period of time where we've got the longest days. So it's light at 5am and it's still light at 10pm. So 
do something like get up really early one day and go and see the sunrise somewhere check the weather first to make sure you've got half a chance <laughs> or do something stay out late one night last week so I live down in Poole in Dorset and last Monday I think we left the house at like four or five o'clock drove over to Charmouth um, and did a good old hike up over where church was built and then we took a picnic tea and just you know stayed out right until the last drop of sunlight and also getting out and getting into the sunshine helps us sleep because we need that we need the vitamin d mm. and i think one of the top five things you can do for your sleep is get some sunlight on your face first thing in the morning and if you're out later then it's tying in with the circadian rhythm so you're out and you're experiencing the dusk so your body naturally starts to get ready for sleeping yeah there is something about being outdoors isn't there just so good for your soul and yeah the the other night I was getting really irritated with the family (laughs) we've just been together for far too long and um, we got back about sort of half seven eight ish and just me and my husband said right just let's go for an evening bike ride we've not done that for ages it was Mm. oh it was lovely and when we got back we felt so you know got back about half nine you know still plenty of light actually yeah we we sort of get into the habit don't we I think in the UK of staying in in the evenings actually Mm. this is it yeah we um is make the most of that daylight because we tend to think oh you know half eight is the end of the day but actually there's still another hour and a half of daylight that we can get hold of and so if you're taking time out as a break great because you can have really really long days out but if you are even when you're still working through the summer you can still plan to do things in the evening and it just makes the day feel like you've just got so much more out of it and you you become so much more grateful for it So that's number three. Number four. Number three. Number four was to have a plan B, which kind of leads Mm, on from the catch the rays because we don't always know know that we're going to be able to catch the rays. So even if your plan B is just to pack a waterproof (laughs) so that you can still enjoy the time out. I usually find that if I pack a waterproof, that tends to stop the rain. If I put sun cream on, it'll stop the sun. If I put a waterproof in my bag, that'll tend to stop the uh, <laughs> the rain. Um, and the best example I heard of a plan B was um, someone I was doing some work with last year. Now, as you know, I do some ultra distance running and triathlon Ironman. Um, but the adventure that he'd been on was uh, mountain biking from Mexico to Canada. And it's something like 1900 miles. And he had to do a lot of preparation to do that, obviously. But one of the contingencies he had to plan for was that he would be cycling through forests where he might get attacked by a bear. And he obviously hadn't come across this before. And so he did his research and found out that actually people that carry guns are something like 90% more likely to die if they come into it bear attack people who carry bear spray are something like 80 percent more likely to survive so but he wouldn't have known that if he hadn't done his research and done his planning so the first thing, job on his list when he arrived over in the states because i don't think they sell it here strangely uh, was to buy some bear spray so that he had that bear spray in his pack as his contingency and the other one that i thought was quite amusing was that when you go to sleep at night always put your bike down facing the direction of travel that you need to go in in the morning because when you wake up in the morning you're so sleepy that if your bike's facing the wrong way you may end up going backwards on yourself <laughs> and that would be a bummer I think that, that's quite good yes. I'm sure there's a life lesson for us somewhere always put your yeah. bike so it's like what's your bear spray what's that thing that you need in the back pocket 
But I do remember yeah. reading something about the whole power of plan B and that being, you know, that you're not going to, if you've got one plan and that doesn't work, you've got another option. You're then not yeah. quite so disappointed when the first one doesn't work out because it's like, fine, yeah. I've, I've planned for this rather than, oh, everything's gone wrong, everything's bad. So I, I think that's a really good, really good idea. So have a yeah, plan B. And it's it, about, maybe um, it's just getting a load of films that you can say right if it's rainy we're just going to sit and watch through all the marvel movies or something better yeah yeah <laughs> yeah my neighbors did that actually they went through marvel uh, they had the chronological order and they were working their way through them but um yeah so the, the plan b it's like it's the spare wheel in the car um, as well and it's what it comes down to is our sense of control mm. so it's you know I know we talk about it in your shapes course you know the zone of power so what have I got control over here so if you've got a plan b you feel like well if that doesn't work out I what I know I can do is this and that's what makes people feel better about themselves because autonomy and control is a real key thing to helping us with our well-being yeah. And your final tip. My final tip. My final tip is to go funny. <laughs> so I talked about the mwahaha earlier, but there's so much research that shows that when we have a good laugh, you know, real good proper belly laugh, we are more relaxed. We then get into a more positive frame of mind and having a positive frame of mind and being able to see that we will be able to get through situations that optimistic view so it's not about going around like grinning like a Cheshire cat all the time it's about just believing that things will eventually be okay and being in a positive frame of mind helps our creativity it helps us learn and so you might have come across Martin Seligman so he's a professor in positive psychology there's some epic resources on a lot of his websites I'll get you the link so you can put them in the show notes he did a webinar last week about positivity during the pandemic and it there's just so much research and so if you're looking for a funny film there's on Netflix you've got the Eurovision film which is quite entertaining and then my other favorite from this, the current season is Andrew Cotter achieved so he um, is a Scottish sports commentator but of course through the pandemic there was no sports or there were no sports to commentate on so he decided to start commentating on his dogs Olive and oh, Mabel yes. and it is priceless and I don't think even he realized it how much of a sensation it was going to be but if you read through some of the comments on some of his posts people are saying you know I literally lived for this through the um, pandemic so I think go funny is a real that's a real key thing for me and I think I know I'm only allowed five but I'll just sneak an extra one in the end okay. which is we are wired to connect with other people so anything you do with other people and connect yourself socially is definitely going to bring you some benefits and essentially our body uh, sorry our brain treats the need for social connection in the same way that it does food and water so if it thinks it's going to be, it's going to be treated unfairly in a social way in a social setting then it'll start behaving like it thinks it's not going to get food and water and start shutting down so um, I mean, that's a bit excessive but that is essentially that's the 
the core of it so if you can connect with people then that's gonna do you well yeah I think connection is, is so so important in in so many ways if you're having a down day just get on the phone to a friend or go for a walk with a friend or something yeah really, yeah. really important everything's so much better when you've just had a good old chin wag actually laughter as well you talk about go funny but everything's a lot funnier when you're with friends as well isn't it or family yeah. watching watching something so yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. and and I think there was another podcast, uh, The Happiness Lab, which I think we've talked about before. There's one on gripes. And it really made me chuckle because they were talking about different gripes that people have and like from big to small. And they, they talked about one, someone had got a gripe about stickers on fruit. And it just made me chuckle because when you say it out loud, it's like, how important significant is that in this current sort of environment? And so sometimes it helps to look at things from that funny perspective because you see that actually, you know what, it's just not that important. It's that phrase like, is this really going to matter in three months time? Can I try and laugh about it now? So, yeah. Yeah. And I think uh, if you're having problems laughing about stuff and I think many of us have lost our sense of humor mm. um even just practicing gratitude and yeah. one top tip that we talk about a lot in the shapes course is just writing three things down every night that you're grateful for and that will start to rewire your brain and you'll start to look out during the day for things that you're grateful for and there is there is so much to be grateful for there really is even in times of difficulty and trauma and and when things look really bleak there, there yeah, are all yeah. sorts of gifts hiding around the corner yeah and the grateful thing it doesn't have to be big stuff it can be things like I went to go to use the bathroom and there was a new toilet roll there because someone else had changed it (laughs) (laughs) is that scraping the barrel a bit Sheila (laughs) no not for you (laughs) that's one of your gripes is it in your house no it's just I think it was just you know the whole the toilet roll in the pandemic and that that, you know there was a toilet roll in the house Ah. and it was changed by someone else not by me there's all sorts Um, of things to be grateful in that I see what you mean yeah there you go brilliant oh well Sheila thank you that was really helpful these these sort of actually six top tips for the summer and then talking a little bit more about rest and the importance of rest and resetting and and just being able to to be ourselves better if we rest and we you know just to reiterate to anyone out there that's thinking that they're just going to plow on all summer and not take any time out even if you can just take half a day a day you really really need to so just encourage you book that in your diary now book it in block it off and do your best to do it and then plan what you're going to do with it as well because I think things do take a little bit more planning um at the the moment don't they so Sheila if, if people wanted to get hold of you how can they reach you yes so I'm on twitter at wellbeing underscore champ I'm on linkedin and my website is bluegreencoaching.com lovely well thank you so much we'll get you back another time to talk a little more in depth about some of that and maybe maybe another one about rest because I think there's there's more I've still got to read that book all the two books that I ordered so yeah we'll it feels back. like it's going to be a 101 tips for rest a year of how to slow down and eliminate hurry from our lives I think really important so yeah brilliant. yeah great thank you Sheila have a good Thanks rest so of week. Have a good me. summer. thank you and you bye Thanks for listening. If you've enjoyed this episode, then please share it with your friends and colleagues. Please subscribe to my You Are Not A Frog email list and subscribe to the podcast. And if you have enjoyed it, then please leave me a rating wherever you listen to your podcasts. So keep well, everyone. You're doing a great job. You got this.